What is up, my dudes? Welcome to the post-production podcast. I, of course, am Rachel. And I am Kiri. And we are student producers here to tell you about our hot takes on movies, books, media, things. And share our experiences. We try to be helpful, too. True. It's a it's a healthy balance. And yeah. there, there are a few rabbit trails here and there. Oh, plenty. We did an entire episode on Star Wars last time, so this time... We're going to follow that same pattern and do an entire episode on Marvel. So. Oh, yeah. Kiri. Yes. On a scale of um, one to extreme geek, <laughs> where would you rate yourself in the Marvel fandom? Um, probably eight. Fascinating. If extreme geek is ten, I'd be like an eight, probably. Okay. Because like, compared to the Star Wars stuff, it, <laughs> a lot lower on that scale, but I have seen nearly every single movie of theirs since like 2012 Mm -hmm. in theaters impressive yeah like it's something that like my dad and my brother and sister all we go out and watch the new marvel movie we do that with star wars too so if you are not familiar with the marvel cinematic universe you've been living under a rock right but in case you happen to be unaware the marvel cinematic universe is a series of series of movies mm-hmm. about the different superheroes based in the Marvel comics. And when I say based, I mean based very loosely. Yeah. I mean, there are some things they throw in there that are straight from the comics, but a lot yeah. of things, they, they take a lot of creative freedom and just do what they want. But. Yeah, there's a lot of canonical elements, but they also have very much taken the liberty to modernize the series at the director's discretion, yeah. which... Make it their own. Yeah, exactly. So with that said, there are upwards of 20 movies that are currently out for public consumption in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, and so we're going to try to see if we can name them all. I do have a list with me of all of the franchises. Are we naming specific movies? Just as many of the movies as we can. And then when we're done, we'll look up the actual list and see how many of them we could remember. All right, let's do this. Should we put a time limit on this to make it exciting? Yes. Okay. One minute. All right. One minute later. Oh, we're out of time. Ah. Oh my gosh. We needed more time. Yeah. Let's just let's just see how many we can come up with. Sick. I feel like I'm definitely missing some. Oh, yep. I already know what I'm missing. I don't. Well, I just accidentally looked at the list, so. Oh. Wait, I can do this. I've got 20, and I know there's more than 20. That's fair. Okay, let's see what we've got. What do you have? So, I, I brain-dumped the franchises, but because I can't ever remember specific names, <laughs> I just sort of dumped the series names. How many do you have? I have 21. I have 20, okay. I think. Okay, I know there's more than 20. There might be more than 21. I have Iron Man 1, 2, 3, Ant-Man 1 and 2, Thor 1, 2, 3, Captain America 1, 2, 3, Hulk, Spider-Man 1 and 2, Avengers 1, 2, 3, 4, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, and Doctor Strange. Yep. And I know there's more than that. Captain Marvel! Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Okay. So those are the two that I was missing. Yeah. So overall, in the franchises, we have Iron Man, and they made the first movie about him, didn't they? Yes. Like, he he was the first establishment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then we have The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, the Guardians of the Galaxy series, Avengers, of course. All of them. Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, played by my man crush Tom Holland, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel. That is the full list of movies that are currently out right now. Okay. I didn't think that was too bad. Yeah, I think it would have been harder if we had had to recall the specific names 
yeah. of each movie because that's where I got hung up. Yeah, and the thing is to like you remember, okay, who is in the Avengers and who has their own movie and who doesn't? Right. And how many movies does each character have? Future movies, there's a lot of them. Of course there are. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, so we have maybe the one that I'm possibly most excited for, Black uh, Widow. Oh, yeah! Because we've discussed this before on this podcast. I want to be a movie. And they get even more obscure, too. Yeah. Following that, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which if you saw the first Doctor Strange... That was a Multiverse of Madness. I was going to say, that was a pretty trippy movie. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, I'm a Cumberbatch fan. I, I think he's a good actor. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it stylistically differed from the rest of the movies by a lot. Yeah, I agree. It was very Inception-y mm-hmm. type in the graphics and stuff. But Yeah, was that, was, that was the thing I noticed is the graphics and the editing style were a lot different from the other movies. It was almost, it felt like an indie film. Really? Yeah. I didn't know an indie film had that kind of budget. Okay, that's fair. It felt like an overproduced indie film. You know what I mean? It felt like a really bougie director said, let's make this a little grungier. You know, they they put the whole movie file through Lightroom. Yeah. Yeah, and I will never get used to Benedict Cumberbatch with an American accent, though. Oh, that's super weird. weird. So strange. Yeah. (laughs) Haha, Doctor Strange. Anyhow, after that, we have... The next Spider-Man movie, then the next Thor movie, and at the beginning of the next unannounced phase is what it's called, Ryan Coogler will direct Black Panther 2. Sweet. Slated to drop on May 6, 2022, and I am so stoked. So, we've got a lot coming up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It never ends, though. It never ends. Ever. Which is why I thought it might be important to slow down and reflect and maybe talk a little bit about the last 21 movies. Oh boy. There's a lot to say. Well, I think there are 23. The last 23 movies. (laughs) Which one was your favorite? My gut feeling is always the first Captain America movie. Yeah, I liked that one too. I liked Endgame, actually. Really? Kind of. Yeah. Endgame just broke me emotionally in so many ways. Endgame or Infinity War? Both of them. Okay. Infinity War, I could handle because I knew there was a second part coming. Yeah. Endgame resolved most of it, but it was also just sad. Infinity War, I kind of knew that they weren't going to... Like, I saw a tweet or something that said, the Avengers didn't win because blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, so they're not going to win. I wonder how they're not going to win, though. I don't know. And then they just turned to dust. So I wasn't very, like, emotionally gripped by that. But in-game, I, I liked in-game. I, I didn't like the time jump. Yeah. I will say that. That was a little weird. That was a jarring way to start a movie. Yeah. But I, I kind of liked the movie had so many, like, different sections to it. So you had the first part and then the time travel part. And then everybody comes back part. It was crazy. It was a wild ride. What yeah. did you, you think of Hawkeye in that movie? He was jumping around <sighs> Japan, just murdering people. That was a hard one for me. I really like Hawkeye, as yeah. we all know. It was just a hard movie for the family thing. Because, you know, Hawkeye has a family. Iron Man has a family. And there's just this super weird dichotomy of, you know, this person is a family man at home and a father. And then he turns around and he's a cold-blooded killing machine for justice. And you're like, whoa, I have whiplash. Well, I mean, he lost everyone, so it does things to you. True that. And I guess Hawkeye's way of dealing with problems is becoming an assassin of some sort. Yeah, 
so I think it was hard to watch, but it made sense in the character arc. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool in that movie. Yeah. It was a beautifully shot movie, too. It was. The color palette. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I could nerd out about the uh, cinematography in that movie for a very long time. But yeah, I think overall for the, you know, movies that are currently published... I tend to fall back to the original ones, the ones that are the beginning of the plot arc. So the first Captain America and the first Avengers, those are the movies that like, if I if I want to watch a Marvel movie at night just to relax, those are the ones I fall back to. Yeah, I like the first Avengers too. That was one of my favorite movies for a long time because it's like they don't get too caught up in like the emotional stuff, which th- a lot of people don't like that movie for that, but I'm just here to have a good time and like watch some mm-hmm. cool a- action sequences the Avengers, the first movie, will give you that. Surprisingly, I really liked Thor Ragnarok. Because I, I first saw the preview, I was like, this looks completely ridiculous. But I watched it, it was actually, it was like fun, and I thought it was pretty cool. I respect your opinion, <laughs> but I also thought it was the dumbest movie in the universe. There's plenty of dumb stuff. It's a, it's a good balance of entertaining and also like cool fight sequences and stuff like that. And That's so fair. It's one of those brain dead movies you know yeah good for that that's not like super just trashy i also liked civil war honestly Mm -hmm. that that was a more like you really get your emotions and like you got you got to like think and like understand what's going on and the different sides of the fight and everything it's crazy that's another movie it's just hard to watch the characters go through so much on screen oh yeah Especially the fight scene with the three superheroes right at the end. Mm -hmm. It just goes on and on and on, but it's so good in the context of the movie. It gets you, you know? Yeah, it really does. You're absolutely hook, line, and sinker in with these actors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also our first introduction to Tom Holland. True. I watched this movie in an airplane a few months ago to prepare myself for the new Spider-Man movie, and I was like, whoa. He was a lot younger then. Mm-hmm. I also like Downey. He's like actually a, a really good actor more than he gets credit for because he is Tony Stark just like as a person. He's not really known for a lot of other stuff because he's played Iron Man for like 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of like meshed into his real personality. It's like, okay, sure. And then you see him in other movies and stuff and it's like, oh yeah, you're like an actor actor. Okay, I see. Yeah, well, and I think the reason he gets so downplayed in terms of his acting Downplayed. <laughs> Downy played. <laughs> okay. He's just, he's really consistent. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's in so many of the movies and he's been doing it for so long that I think until his uh, character was deceased, yeah, I don't think people realized how much of a staple he is in the MCU. And you do also get to see in Endgame that his character changes in that movie because he goes through so much. Mm-hmm. And so he's not quite as, like, quippy and, you know, sassy as he was before. He's, like, traumatized and uh, irritable. And so it's interesting to see how he, like, shifted the character into this five years older family man who also has a lot of baggage. I think he's a good actor. Honestly, knowing Marvel, they could resurrect him in yeah. 10 years and we would all just go with it. I mean, I think we'd all be fine with it. But also there'd be a lot of people complaining that it doesn't make sense. But who cares? Iron Man. This is off topic, but did you ever watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. series? I watched the first, like, two seasons. When they literally resurrect Phil Coulson, mm-hmm. and you find out that they have the technology to bring people back from the dead. Mm. Yeah, sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but um, I think that's a really interesting tidbit that they haven't really tied much into the movies, but I wouldn't be surprised if 
those two worlds start to intertwine eventually. They do try to keep it intertwined with the movie. So, like, I remember after Thor 2, Thor 2 left a lot of damage in whatever city it was the final battle was in. I've only seen Thor 2 once because it's Thor 2. And so the following episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that aired after Thor 2 premiered, they were at that location picking up the rubble. Um, Right. So, like, and, like, when the whole like Hydra is everywhere thing was revealed that had an effect on the TV show too. So like one of the main characters is Hydra spoiler alert. So that like completely dispersed the whole shield thing, like shield is Hydra, whatever. Yeah. Uh, All that mumbo jumbo to say the agents of shield TV show is a trip. Yeah. I only lasted the first two seasons. Yeah, I've seen about halfway through the fifth season, which is much longer. Honestly, I felt like I gave up way earlier than that. But there was a point where I was like, I just am hooked on these characters. But the writing of the show just gets weirder and weirder every season. Yeah, that's why I backed out of it, because I was like, this is getting super weird. And at one point, there is a long series of episodes featuring Dove Cameron, Really? Yeah, is this creepy girl raised as an assassin, basically, to travel time, and horrific things happen. It just got so weird. Doesn't really sound like my style. Yeah. Yeah. TV show. There's a point where it definitely divorced from the fast-paced action movie style that you're used to from Marvel. I don't know. I'll be interested to see where that show continues to go. I think if I worked on a Marvel set, I would definitely act. I'd love to play Hawkeye, honestly. Fair. He's pretty cool. Or Black Widow. I just, you know, self-defense is really fun. I just want to be up there punching people and winning because that's what heroes do. And I would also probably write for them. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have the patience to do CGI or the knowledge. Editing would probably be kind of fun, but also extremely... Be very tedious. Tedious, yeah. Because have you seen their fight scenes? They just make like so many jump cuts with one punch. I think if I worked on a Marvel set, I would lean more towards a a DP role, I think. Yeah. Because I'm very much a big picture thinker. So I think acting would be fun. But for me, I work much better on a set if I am helping move small parts around Mm -hmm. to create a really cool big picture. Not to mention, I just love the idea of getting to do that level of cinematography. So I think it'd be dope to be DP on a Marvel set. Oh, yeah. Um, And if you're not familiar, um, a DP on a set is a a film director of photography. photography. Basically, you're in charge of visuals for the movie. You work out differences between camera and lighting and all that jazz. It's a good time. Unless you're on a Marvel movie and it's mostly green screen. Yeah. That would be a challenge. Yeah, they do have some, like, actual sets. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I'm sure they're just, like, working off of storyboards and just trusting that it's going to look okay when the graphics come in. So tell us more about Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is a fascinating person. I remember when I first saw the first Marvel movie, I was obsessed with Jeremy Renner as, you know, a 12-year-old. I thought he was the cutest. I wanted to see him in every movie ever. And then I looked him up. And 12-year-old me was appalled that I had a crush on him because I think at the time I looked him up, he was 42, (laughs) which felt so old to 12-year-old me. I was like, ew, that's older than my dad. (laughs) Not a good moment. Jeremy Renner is dope. Apparently, he has a music career going on the side. Have you seen the the short he does? He did on I think it was like the Tonight Show where he's dressed as Hawkeye and he like has like a piano and he sings about how Hawkeye is such an underrated character. <laughs> no, you, I haven't seen that, but it's awesome. You should look it up. What a good concept. Sounds like something you would enjoy. I would agree, though. I feel like 
Jeremy Renner, physical characteristic-wise, is not the most versatile actor. He's definitely built to play a type, and so they, they tend to cater the Hawkeye character to that. But I do agree that he's a very, very underrated character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I think so too, because like, did you see all the stuff he was doing in Endgame? Just like flipping around, shooting people, cutting people with like a, a, a katana and like all of the, uh, he, he was really cool. Well, and he's maybe the most genuinely skilled superhero out of the bunch. Most of them have magical powers or assistive technology, and he literally fights from sheer strength and agility, which is why uh, him and Black Widow are such a power duo as spies together, because they both fight off of raw inner talent and not magic or anything. I'm glad Black Widow is getting her own movie now because she's really cool too. Like when we first get introduced to her, she's like this sex symbol to Iron Man. And it's like, ugh, another one of those. But since then, there's been like this movement of having female leads in action movies. Like you've seen it in Star Wars with Rey and then in Marvel with like Captain Marvel. What I didn't like about the way they did Captain Marvel was they made her a little too masculine, I think. Hmm. Like I think I went to see a movie that shows that a woman can still be badass while still being feminine. She doesn't have to be like all smirky and attitudinal wearing like leather jackets and stuff, and, you know, cause that's what Captain Marvel did. And it was like, okay, I mean, yeah, she's cool, but like show me that it's okay to be a girl. Cause like she has right. to act like a man to be cool. Basically. Mm-hmm. I, I will say there is nothing wrong with a female having masculine qualities, but when that's what you associate heroes with, that's kind of a problem. No, absolutely. And I think what we see in examples like Captain Marvel or Black Widow is women who have to remove their emotions and their femininity in order to be taken seriously in, you know, this action world, which they're both incredibly powerful women who work super hard and fight super hard. But what we don't see ever is someone saying, hey, it's okay to have emotions and those can also be a superpower. Right. Yeah. Like I want to see... I don't know, some kind of superhero movie following, like, a mom who has to, like, protect her kids, just, like, bam, 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 shoot down the assassins from her house, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of cool, like, superhero type stuff. I don't, well, maybe not exactly that, but you, you get the idea. I don't know. So my thing is, I've, I've just never been in love with the Captain Marvel storyline. I always felt like it was kind of a weird addition to the Marvel Universe, even before they made a movie out of her. Yeah, I think it was just like, oh, we need a female superhero. Here's one. Yeah, yeah they Kind of like DC did with Wonder Woman. Yeah, they needed a superhero so removed from the general tangle of plot that they just made one up without a lot of actual context within the Marvel world with power that's apparently more powerful than anyone else, but not a lot of explanation to how she has it. She got it from an explosion. Woohoo. Incredible. Yeah. And then her character isn't really that relatable or likable. And I struggle too because I, I don't love Brie Larson as an actress. And I already didn't love the Captain Marvel storyline. So overall, I thought the movie itself was a good movie, objectively. Mm -hmm. I just didn't super enjoy the plot, and I didn't super enjoy Brie Larson as a lead. I didn't really like the acting in that movie, either. 
I thought the character of Rambo and her daughter, the best friend of Captain Marvel from before Captain Marvel, you know, peaced out for a while. Mm -hmm. I thought they were maybe the most relatable and lovable characters in that movie, and they didn't even have that much screen time. Yeah. She was a good example of, like, a superhero with feminine qualities because like she was a pilot she was like uh you know raising her daughter single mom boom boom pow you mm -hmm. know i want to see a movie about her yeah well and give her superpowers according to wikipedia too larson literally calls the character of rambo the representation of love in the film and quote an incredible badass <laughs> so i think what we're hearing here is that rambo needs her own series of movies i would love to see that big fan mm-hmm Marvel, hire us. Yeah, we'll direct it. And act in it. Yep. And Kiri will write it. Yep, I would love to. What did you think of Ant-Man? <laughs> Another movie that I thought was kind of ridiculous that I think they did a good job of not making it too ridiculous, but it was still a little ridiculous. I don't know. I think they've given him a purpose, kind of. Like, they've given him a role within the team, but it wasn't. it's not a very big role. <laughs> of course not. I, I don't know. It's one of those that's like, okay, you have this technology... But and, and you use it for good, sure, but like you don't, I don't know, it was one of those like more fun franchises where it's like, all right, it's a dad trying to like get to see his daughter, but he's also like kind of a, a superhero without really wanting to be with this like kind of stupid superpower, frankly. But it has come in handy a few times. Mm -hmm. I don't know, the, the giant man is a little bit much. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the original movie had kind of a fun plot line. Yeah, that, that was another one I watched in the airplane. I think I watched it right before Civil War. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty well done movie for what they had to work with. Mm -hmm. It did make the whole turning into a very small person seem like kind of useful, except his main villain could also turn into a very small person. So yeah. like, how how does that translate into regular sized people? <laughs> Why is that useful in like the military? Well, they, they kind of saw how they, they made it useful in the military, how they, like, had to, like, disable bombs and stuff like that. Like, you can get into the briefcase and get the stuff and, like, all this. And so sometimes it's useful to be small, but it's not extremely useful. Yeah. Yeah. Good for sneaking. It was almost like they took the same lighthearted nature that they put into Thor Ragnarok, except they made it a whole series and a whole characterization mm -hmm. for the superhero that is Ant-Man. It could have been a lot worse. True that. And I actually did not see the second movie. You didn't? I did not. What it, did you think? I thought it was okay. It leads up to Endgame. I think it was the last movie before Endgame was released. It was, which I think that's why the beginning of Endgame was a little more jarring because a lot of people didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp before they saw Endgame. Oh, yeah, because he was stuck in the thing. Yeah, so luckily they made it pretty easy to pick up what had happened in the previous movie, but it definitely took me 10 or 15 minutes to put all the pieces together. Well, and he doesn't do that until the end credit scene. So. Of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yeah. Interesting. But throughout the movie, it's this weird plot where they try to get Michelle Pfeiffer out of the uh, the unknown, basically. And they do it with like a lot of this weird technology in a lab that can shrink and they roll it around. Everybody's trying to steal the lab because of the technology. Mm -hmm. And it's shrunk down, so it's like this cute little building that they can just push a button and then <laughs> turns into this giant city. But it, again, it was a little ridiculous. But for what they had, I thought it was well done. Well, and Marvel just has all those little quirks of like, you know, we have these super serious movies, we have these action-packed movies, and, and then, then we, we have, have these goofy, silly movies, yeah. and then we have 
the ever famous Marvel end credit scenes. Oh yeah. And I'm going to give you a hot take here. Marvel will never beat the end credit scene from the first Avengers movie where they go and have shawarma. <laughs> Are the other ones integral to the plot arc of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes. But the shawarma one was so perfect. <laughs> what about the one at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming of Captain America being like, patience, it's what you do best. You've made it this far. Congratulations. Like, that was it. Do, do you remember Spider-Man Homecoming? They watched a video of Captain America giving like a lecture to students across America because that's that's a thing he would totally do. Right. And so the end credit scene was like that, except to us. It's like, you've waited this long and I'm very proud of you. And like, that's pretty much it. Hang in there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you, Captain America. It's like the USO show, but 21st century version is <laughs> giving motivational speeches in schools to keep the soldiers' morale up for the government. Oh, man. Conspiracy theories with Rachel. Hot takes is what conspiracy theories are called these days. Hot takes. Hot take. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is a real universe, and this is just a parallel dimension. So today we learned that Rachel is obsessed with Jeremy Renner, among others. We've been new. And we also learned that we know most of the Marvel movies, I think, minus two or three. We, we might need to go review the the Thor movies, the Hulk movies, the Iron Man movies, the original ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to watch the original Hulk movie. It's kind of the, it's not Mark yeah. Ruffalo either. Yeah. That's a disappointment. Rough times. Huh. Rough, Rough times. <laughs> That's like my third one this Oh, so, yeah. This, 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 this. Yeah. And we've also learned that female superheroes are good, but they could be better. Yes, we can always work on feminine representation in action movies. Oh, yeah. Soapboxes sure with that, Rachel. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be a, an episode subject soon enough. So give us a shout out on Instagram, on our Instagram stories at Kiri underscore Jones and at Rachel. <laughs> that's Rachel H&H. Tell us what your favorite Marvel movies are. We'd love to hear it. True. Uh, or if you want to roast me for hating Thor Ragnarok. Please let me know. I'll slide in your DMs and we can have a nice argument. I mean, intellectual debate about this. <laughs> slide into those DMs for an intellectual debate. About Thor. Oh, yeah. And in the meantime, while you're messing around on your phone, you might as well hit follow on your Spotify app. Yeah, preferably under our account. True that. Post-production podcast. That's us. Heck yeah. All right. We will be back next week for more... This time, we won't be talking about Marvel or Star Wars. Hopefully, we'll be talking about something useful. It'll be up to you. All right. It'll be called Mar Wars. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. See you next week. Goodbye now.